Hey everyone, this is Rachel Hutchison, and I'm pleased to be here with you on another episode of the SG Engage podcast. I am joined today by one of my Blackboard colleagues, Roz Lemieux, and we're going to talk about all sorts of wonderful things having to do with something called the Social Good Startup Program, which Roz is really passionate about. So welcome to the show, Roz. Thanks, Rachel. Glad to be here. So you and I talk about social good all the time, and, and our listening audience knows that I'm very passionate about it, and it's also something that is really framed and shaped my own career in corporate social responsibility. And our listeners also know how much Blackboard is deeply engaged in social good. But what we're going to talk about is something that they might not have heard about yet. And to frame it, I'd love to start with you just telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do at Blackboard. Uh, sure. So I, I am in our product part of the business. I'm a senior director of platform product management. I oversee our, what we call internally core services, you might know Sky platform portfolio. And um, related to that, help run an incubation team inside of the business called Blackboard Labs. And um, one of the programs that we run out of Blackboard Labs is called the Social Good Startup Program. Okay. So that, that's sort of the, the breadth of the things that I'm working on inside of Blackboard. So for the non-technical people like me, you're in the highly technical product-related part of our business um, mm-hmm. and bring a lot of technology expertise to the work that you do. But you're also an entrepreneur, and you founded some companies as well, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, sure. Yeah. I Going back one, one click before that, I'm really um, started my career in the social good space. Broadly speaking, I work for some nonprofit organizations, but it happened to come up at a time and have interests that led me in the direction of this intersection of technology and social impact. And so coming out of my second nonprofit job where I ended up kind of overseeing you know, our web presence and um, online organizing efforts, moved into um, essentially running a training institute for um, organizers. So think activism, um, advocacy, in how to use digital tools to scale up their grassroots organizing. And that was a really great experience. And coming out of that transition from the sort of training, you know, focus to um, more of a consulting angle and working with individual nonprofit organizations to help them figure out their own strategy. So in that, we I ended up um, partnering up with um, a colleague named Cheryl Conti. We started a company that was at that time called Fission Strategy, um, which was a digital agency, essentially. And we were about four years into that. Uh, had grown it to, I want to say, about 25 people. So it's a smallish digital agency and ended up coming up with a product idea, which we ultimately spun out into a separate company called Attentively. Um, And that was a um, social listening for engagement around social issues um, tool uh, that eventually BlackBot acquired. And so we joined the BlackBot family in 2016. And vision strategy, by the way, continued on (laughs) without me um, and eventually merged with another company and it's called Do Big Things. Do Big Things Not Today. Um, and then attentively has been, you know, part of Blackbot and I've kind of moved into different roles since we got here. But yeah, lots of kind of 
both nonprofit and um, entrepreneurial experience along the way. Which is really terrific. And I will point out the obvious, and we're going to get to this a little bit later, but you're also a female entrepreneur. And often, mm-hmm. you know, we see more uh, male entrepreneurs. So we're, we're going to talk about diversity. And I know that's something you're hugely passionate about. But but you and I met after Blackboard acquired it tentatively. And Social listening, if I, I let me let me see if I get this right. So social listening is using technology to look across a person's social accounts to help understand what they care about, what causes they care about. Is that a good way to describe it? Um, yeah, that's that's a good way to describe it. Um, for the organizations that we were working with, I mean, the moment that we're in was you know email is such a big part of of um, communications and social media seems to offer, you know, a different angle. Uh, So we enabled organizations, instead of just being, you know, pushing out messages and sort of all the data you get back is like, did someone open, did someone click, did they do the thing you asked them, you know, being able to sort of look at that same supporter base and say, let me do someone, you know, let me, let me look across all that and get some analysis about what do they really care about? What's trending today? Who are the influencers? We were very um, focused on floating up micro influencers from within a supporter base um, that the organization could um, engage in a different way. And you know, we talked a lot about, you know, at that time, this was a little more novel concept. I think the world's come a long way, but, you know, in early days, it was a new idea to think of influencers as, you know, as valuable as major donors mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of give them that TLC that orgs traditionally had sort of saved for you know, their major gift prospects. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing at how much we have come in four years um, as well. So, so um, you joined us uh, in 2016 and you brought, you know, lots of great experience from the tech world, but also nonprofits and also as an entrepreneur and you run part of what you do is running Blackboard Labs, which is really that kind of incubator setting. And then you launched this wonderful program called the Social Good Startup Program, which I, I think is just going into its second phase. So why don't you two step back and tell us what is it and what have you accomplished so far? Then we'll get into phase two. Okay, sure. So the Social Good Startup Program, um, this year, 2020, was our pilot. Um, and we just announced at BBCon um, last week that we are making it a formal program. So it's here to stay. And what it is, is a program to partner with and give some special attention to startups that um, have the potential to impact the social good ecosystem with their innovation. So these are startups that are, you know, really enabling organizations to do things in a different way. Um, just to give you a couple examples from our, our pilot cohort, there's a, a company called Free Will. Um, and they're freewill.com, and they have a what you would call them. This is B two B two C. So they have a consumer uh, side of their business, which is basically they offer really good service to make um, wills for free. Um, so you can just go there and make your will, and they kind of encourage you very gently along the way to think about how you want to bequest your your assets, you know, and really um, just make it easy to think about. Um, including in your will, some charitable donations. And so on the other side of that, um, they work with organizations to um, make that 
available to their supporter base as a free service and otherwise kind of encourage people to do it. And where they come from, they're started by brilliant entrepreneurs who kind of looked at the, you know, the data on philanthropy and said, you know, we're heading into an era where there's going to be, you know, the largest wealth transfers in history. Um, and, you know, we're asking people to give $25 uh, at a time online, but, you know, there's a way they saw an opportunity to provide more tools, not just to wealthy people, but to people sort of more in the um, middle class to make sure that charitable contributions were part of their plan. And they've got a lot more tools um, that are that are kind of in the hopper there. But it's that different thinking that, hey, we stepped back and and looked at how we're doing things today and how we could do things differently that would have, you know, real material impact on resources available to organizations. So the program itself, what we do is we work with them for a year. Um, they become a partner, part of the partner program at Blackbaud. There's a grant element. Um, they're not huge grants, but they are non-dilutive. Um, and those are typically used to offset costs for integrations because one of the ways that we um, work with these startups, obviously, is to help kind of position them and get them in front of customers. And the best way for that to be a good experience for the customer is if they have an integration. Um, so we help them work through any technical planning and hurdles and then, you know, as appropriate, kind of get them access to Blackboard resources and, and including things like doing blog posts on SG Engage. <laughs> um, and um, sometimes doing, we have at least one or two podcasts and um, we had a number of sessions at BabyCon where the companies in the, the pilot program were able to present um, or talk on areas of their subject matter expertise. So you had a cohort of these, um, you did a call basically, and you got a cohort of these up and coming technology partners at potential partners and basically just wanted to help provide expertise and guidance and some financial support to help them move yeah. their good ideas along. Yeah, we essentially give them the sort of white glove version of, you know, participating in the partner program, help them get the most out of the relationship with Blackbaud, as well as, like you said, some grant funding and strategic advice. They also get um, a year scholarship to a virtual accelerator. Um, so we partnered with 1 million by 1 million and they have a whole online curriculum that covers everything from you know how to price and package to marketing. They provide pitch feedback um, where appropriate. They'll even make um, connections to folks in their network, be, all be, you know, be it investors or other. Um, so that's been a great sort of partnership as part of this as well. And they have a, a fairly extensive reach online. So some of our companies, they've done some um, marketing and promotion for as well. So that's another component. Um, I'm realizing I, I should probably step back too, and, and I don't think I thoroughly answered your question of why did we do this? <laughs> Where does it fit Why in did the we picture? do this, Ross? <laughs> that's um, a really good question. So, so why? Where did this come from? Um, yeah, it actually came right, it came out of Blackbot Labs where our mandate was really to help fuel innovation um, for Blackbot customers. And initially, maybe the first year or so, we were focused on incubating new product ideas. But, you know, we realized that, you know, there's literally billions and billions of dollars getting invested into startups every year. So as much as we might be, you know, the 800-pound gorilla in the, you know, social good and 
software space, we are still um, dwarfed by the amount of investment that goes into startups and now social impact startups. So there's always just this huge amount of innovation happening globally, you know, some percentage of which really is applicable to and potentially impactful for our customers. And so we really wanted to find a way to kind of bring those startups that that had um, the most potential to have a positive impact for our customers, kind of find a way to be a friendly partner to them and build their relationships early and help get them, you know, the kind of support and feedback that they would need to grow at the same time as putting them in front of our customers. So our customers get access to, you know, innovative solutions that work with our um, Blackboard solutions really as a means to accelerate the outside, what we think of as outside-in innovation. So product innovation within BlackBot, you know, inside-out <laughs> innovation, um, partnerships, outside-in innovation. I mentioned I wear another hat, which is our Sky Platform um, product portfolio, and that really is all about um, the infrastructure for outside-in innovation and, and providing, you know, API endpoints, Sky UX, um, you know, whole developer ecosystem, um, such that it's easy for our customers to, um, you know, continue to use Blackboard products and have us often as their home base, but be able to use other products that that make sense for their specific needs. Yeah, and a uh, another way of talking about you know, this program that you've launched is that, you know, at Blackbud, we work to power an ecosystem of good that builds a better world. And I always talk about how my role is to help make sure we show up as an active participant in that ecosystem, doing good things in the world. And, and this social good startup program is a way to extend the technology ecosystem to include other things that we're not doing that could be really valuable to our customers but then also um, helping those startups to, you know, through the reach that we have and the channels that we've developed over the last 40 years, I mean, get that, get those into customers' hands and organizations' hands, which is just really exciting. So you are really, really passionate personally about diversity, equity, and inclusion. I know you and I both are, and we've talked about that a good bit. And you did something interesting with your second cohort focusing on certain kinds of founders. So tell us about that and why is it so important? Yeah, I'll say, you know, from the outset, we said part of the, you know, lens and philosophy that we want to apply to the program is we really wanted to encourage founders from traditionally underserved backgrounds to be part of the program. And we've taken that one step further this time around, which we are focusing our January cohort. So this is the cohort for which we're taking applications right now that will start in January. We're focusing that cohort on founders of color. So um, black indigenous people of color, every startup in that cohort, it will need to have at least one founder <laughs> that fits that description. And the reason that we did that is we really wanted to kind of hold our feet to the fire to make sure that we were living up to, you know, this concept that we had originally, which is the role of diversity, the importance of diversity in this ecosystem of good. It's not just like a nice thing to do. It's not, you know, it's not a kindness. It's, hey, we have really big, sticky, hard to solve problems in this world today. And the data shows that when you have more diverse founding teams, you get better results. Um, it's actually kind of interesting. There's 
there's so many different studies on this that show great results across literally different industries and, and all these different angles. But when you get together groups to solve a problem that have diverse backgrounds, they study show they they actually alter the behavior of the group social majority in ways that lead to um, more accurate group thinking, um, more breakthrough innovative solutions. I'll just give you a couple of examples because I think these are so fun. One study showed that mock juries make more accurate judgments if they're racially diverse. Another study showed stock market experts are more likely to pick winning stocks on diverse teams. Gender diversity, uh, one study showed gender diversity on R&D teams, which is obviously close to my world, lead to more radical innovation. Um, and a UK study revealed that businesses run by diverse leadership teams were more likely to develop new products. So there's like very really tight coupling between breakthrough innovation and the presence of diverse teams. So if we are, you know, we have limited resources, we're trying to place our bets um, as a company. Um, you know, we have say 10 companies in the next cohort. We want to pick the best possible ones. And that's actually just one filter that allows us to have a better um, chance of picking the companies that are going to produce those breakthrough results that, that change the game. Um, yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. And I love the data that you shared. It's not just this um, do the right thing or this is a popular topic right now. This is actually proven to be an important strategy. And we don't want to limit innovation. We want to encourage innovation. Yeah, it's not only a proven strategy, but it's one that um, is bizarrely underleveraged, <laughs> uh, which is to say that, um, you know, despite like an overwhelming body of evidence that diversity on um, all manner of teams improves results, and within the startup world where investors are essentially making bets, right? They're calculated bets <laughs> um, and they're, they're knowledge-based bets, but they're making bets across lots of different startups, many of which will not survive and some which will become very successful and, and generate good returns. For some reason, we see still this strange overinvestment <laughs> in you know, founders that are not diverse. And there's all kinds of reasons for that. We could spend a whole podcast on it probably. But the bottom line is that by actually structuring a program so that, you know, I said we want to hold our feet to the fire, structuring a program such that you're ensuring diversity in the teams that you're investing in. You're ensuring that you're investing in basically underserved assets that that overperform on average. And so I'm using some investment terms that <laughs> sound a little bit cold, but I, in a way, I like to look at it through that database lens. For example, um, Black and Latino founded startups get only about 1% of VC funding today. And, you know, obviously the percentage of the population is much, much higher, probably, you know, well north of 11%, um, even just for, for Black founders. So, so there's a real disconnect between the where the investment's going and where the data says that it would be well spent and what's actually happening in this space. And that's true across, if you look at it through the gender lens, um, it's not as bad, but it is, there's still um, a real disconnect. And, you know, I think a lot of people think, oh, well, it's a, it's a problem of sourcing. <laughs> Oh, maybe there, maybe there's only, you know, maybe there aren't the black founders there. Maybe there aren't the female founders there to put those investments into, and that's not the case. So 
those companies are out there. They are making a difference. And there's every reason for us to put our, you know, our time and money and effort behind those companies because um, they're the ones that are, you know, quite likely to make a big difference. Yeah. And, and you know, the social good world on the nonprofit side is is very weighted toward women, um, in particularly in terms of program services and fundraising, not necessarily as much on the executive level, executive director level. Mm-hmm. But, um, but that's really interesting. I absolutely love the data that you're sharing. And you've, you've shared some personal stories with me too about being a woman entrepreneur and pitching while um, pretty pregnant. And I think you were successfully pitched and secured funding, but like just how different that is and how it's just not, you know, the image of what we think of um, and, and what's been funded in, in the world. And congratulations to you for all your incredible success. And I also think this is just a really great focus. So, so I have two more questions. And one is long-term goals for this initiative. I know last year was the pilot. Well, this year was the pilot. We're going into actual program. So where do you want to see this go? Can I, can I, um, do the the political thing and go back to the last question real quick before I answer that one. Um, sure. I just, um, the you mentioned the pitching while pregnant thing, and I um, is true. I'd done um, this pretty high profile pitch when I was like thirty nine weeks pregnant, and it was oh, like, like about to have the baby pregnant. Yeah, well, literally, okay. we had like <laughs> someone in the audience who could jump up and do it if I went into labor at the thing. Um, oh wow. it, it, This was Venture Atlanta. And so, and I did it almost just like to prove that I could. And, you know, it was like, I'm going to be this example. And it, it, that was several years into the company. And we'd actually closed our first round when we started like four weeks before I had a baby. And I'm mentioning all this because tying to current times, part of the way I got a, away with that is that we were a totally virtual tra- team. And so, you know, nine times out of 10, when I was in meetings, I was, you know, behind a screen and no one could tell. Um, it was only once in a while, you know, where I had to go present on stage where it was like, okay, now I have to deal with this. But now, of course, everyone's virtual. And so funny enough, we, of course, the pilot cohort this year, there's 14 companies in it. And uh, I, not quite half have female founders, but it's a good chunk. So we've been clicking along with them and all of our interactions with them have gone virtual because COVID. And we talked to um, one of our founders like two weeks ago and she was like, hey, great news. We're closing on our, in this big round. I'm like, hey, congratulations. And I found out like a week later that she's literally about to have a baby. I won't say which one because <laughs> I don't want to, you know, tell yeah. anyone's news, but, and there's enough companies in the cohort, hopefully (laughs) it would still leave you guessing, but I just thought, oh, how funny, you know, she had the same experience as me and I didn't even realize because, you know, here we are virtual this whole year. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So that's a great, there's a little advantage there. Yeah. (laughs) So Um, long-term goals. Long-term goals. Yeah. I'm, we really, I think that the value of this is just compounding over time where, um, so this year, um, going into 2021, we're going to have two cohorts. Um, we're looking for 10 companies per cohort. And, you know, hopefully most, if not all of the company, the 14 that were in our pilot will stay and, and be partners um, with BlackBot in the long run. Um, and so, you know, we just, every year we're adding, you know, a couple dozen, probably more to where, you know, this ultimately is kind of continuing to fuel getting 
innovation into the hands of at least black cloud customers at the same time as we're supporting these companies just generally um, mm -hmm. and getting some early growth that are, you know, ultimately we believe can, can have a big impact on the space more broadly, not just black cloud customers. So for now, our long-term goal is to, to keep doing that and keep having this cumulative impact over time. Mm -hmm. So my final question for you is uh, you're recruiting right now. You're, you're open for, mm -hmm. for people to apply for this cohort. How do people who are listening find out more? Is there a place they can go to learn more? There is <laughs> on blackbod.com. It's actually blackbod.com slash social dash good dash startup dash program which I imagine you could just go to blackbod.com and probably search for social good startup program mm -hmm. um, and, and find your way there. So there's a landing page there. tells you more about the program. There's a button to click to apply. Yeah, that's probably the best spot. And also on the site, there's the Blackbod partner. What, what do we call it? The marketplace where mm -hmm. people can see who else actually already works with us. Yeah. So if you go to blackbod.com and then company and then partners, if you click through to the marketplace and actually go view it, there's a handful of the 2020 cohort that already have their applications in there. So you can go see, you know, what it looks like to participate in the program and then have your products out in front of BlackBlad customers. And uh, also, if you go to the BlackBlad corporate blog, so I think best way to yeah, get that's there. under the news section yeah. so if you look under company and then news that that's where you yeah. find there's some information there too yeah there's um a nice piece that went came out a few weeks ago of where the 2020 participants did a video and it, it kind of shows all of the places that they've been showing up you know in um, the media and also our blog posts they've done on sg engage well, Ross, this is terrific. I cannot thank you enough for joining me today on the SG Engage podcast. Um, I personally just love um, the way you have a lens to social good through your own unique perspective as an entrepreneur and as a woman in technology. And I also really love and value how much you care about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And this is a really good example about how it's important you know, across organizations in so many different ways and in communities in so, so many different ways. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity, Rachel. Um, really thrilled actually that we're able to do this and, and it's a pleasure for me to be able to work with these great startups. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So uh, to everybody in our listening audience, thank you so much for joining us today on the SG Engage podcast. Please tune in to future episodes. And this is Rachel Hutchison signing off.